Welcome back, friends. We are being invaded secretly. The invasion is secret. And thus, that is why most people aren't talking very much about it, I would imagine. <laughs> so here we are to talk a little bit about it. Uh, I'm Sparks Witty. I'm joined, of course, by Ryan Eliopoulos. Hello, secret, secret. I've got a secret. And Brandon T. McClure. Hello, I'm here too. Uh, this time, not a scrawl. Yes. Mm. Oh, I see. The T is back. Not not a scroll this time. Um, I am, how, I am however, always pod. a scroll. Oh, I'm always, always. I'm always scrolling. You oh. never can tell with me. That's an uh, dance move that he doesn't. Talk I, legitimately, about. I legitimately thought you were about to pull up a scroll mask. Just <laughs> 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 been down. <laughs> oh, I might. <laughs> They've done. You know, like hats off to them. Like the the. Uh, real world marketing on this one they've they've really been pumping out putting scrolls all kinds of places they really want you to have them show uh, up why the hell is there an, a green alien on my news on my news <laughs> at five o'clock i it, i truly truly wish this was the event that that marketing wants it to be oh, yeah. um yeah okay we're, we're gonna get into some of it here today friends because we're talking about episodes two and three of the disney plus marvel studios secret invasion brand's gonna give you all the information on what those episodes are and we're gonna go through them um well, probably one at a time but there might be some overlap because i mix them up a little yeah i took some uh, notes to help so it'll help a little bit so this is episode two promises and episode three betrayal sorry betrayed can't read my own handwriting um mm. both of these episodes are directed by ali salem um and written by brian tucker and roxanne uh paredes uh, so both of them uh wrote both of these episodes right on right on uh, all right, where do we want to start with episode two? Um, let's see. Uh, well, did you guys like it? That's a good I, question. You know what? I did like this episode. I I I will two I say I really like this episode. I came out of this episode saying, "Okay, now we're really cooking." Outside of a single scene, I think that this episode's damn near exactly what I want the Secret Invasion show to be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I really like episode two. I liked a lot of it. Uh, I came out real strong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely yeah. after our episode one discussion. Uh, uh, not that I was in this mode, but definitely it's like recalibrating. Like, all right, it's going to be, if this is what the show is going to be, then let me see if it can deliver on that. And so far, I agree. I'm not as hot as you, but I'm definitely like, I like it. Like, I'm not I'm not in love with it. Like, I wish I, I was in love with every show that I watch, but, you know, but I am happy to tune in every Wednesday. Um, I think, <laughs> I think, I think this is actually really well written. Uh, uh and I and I think and I think this is really allowing uh uh Nick Fury and Antalos to have some really, really, really good chemistry and great stuff together. Absolutely. Uh, and despite not seeing the 30 years, you know, uh that they've spent together, I feel it. Uh and that's 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 all I can ask for is this show is like the trust that these people have together, and is that gonna be broken because of this scroll promise that Nick Fury might not be able to keep, which is I'm I'm really enjoying the the trajectory of the show and i hope it can keep on at least this level and i'll be i'll be happy you know i'll be happy so i will say and i'll, I'll wait so we get to episode three but i didn't like episode three mm -hmm. um that one kind of blew the wind out of my sails but co because coming out of episode two i was like oh actually this is good i really love a lot of what's up in episode two like ryan said i think the show um talos and fury specifically are written very well and uh, I really like, I, I was thinking to myself, 
one of the things I think this show is really, really shines, especially in episode two is the one-to-one scenes, the scenes where, where it's just two people talking. And Mm -hmm. I think that's some really well-written dialogue. There's some really good character acting in, in, in those moments. And I was really like, I was electrified that that scene on the train with between Talos and Fury is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. I think the opening is really good going back to 1997 and I think they needed that in episode one. Yeah. I, I really, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. like, I think that that like we can hear them talk about the promise of the scrolls and not fulfilling it. But I think the key information, I think they held off just a little too long. No, I agree. Like, I think, I think like I would have rather tried to orient myself around talking about Gravik in episode one, mm-hmm. knowing who he was to fury in the past. It took too long like the ending beat of episode one doesn't land when you first watch it because you don't know about Gravik being in the room when Fury did that and how they first encountered each other. Yeah. Um, and that's really valuable and important information. I think that that just should have been the start. Of no, the I agree. I hundred percent agree. Yeah. I, I think it also, also be, Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Well, I was just going to say that I think the, the, the aging of Nick Fury is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I legitimately, I, 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 I thought he looked great and even better than he, cause I rewatched Captain Marvel this week. Um, he looked, I think even better in this than he did in Captain Marvel. And I thought that was wild. Yeah. They're definitely putting the budget, um, with the scrolls. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a lot of, a lot of scrolls, a lot of changing. And like, I think they all look great. And like the aging, like, again, we'll see in, in the next episode as well. Like they're not, you're not skimping on this one. Like this one looks really good. Yeah, yeah, I quite, I quite like the uh, opening scene, but I agree with Sparks that this one should have been, that that opening scene should have been in episode one, um, and it brings me back to a question I asked you guys, and I don't know if we're into interested in doing a silly in a silly question, but last last time we did this, I I said what happened to Ben, to the real Ben Mendelsohn, uh, right. which is why I watched Captain Marvel. I was like, oh, did they do they say in Captain Marvel? I just don't remember. No, the the, the dude the. Talos is like I could go back to being your boss if you want and like that's that's the end of that so when he just came back a year later it was just like okay I'm Ben Mendelsohn again that's, good, that's actually a good question yeah he's just uh oh I forget, forget that life now I'm just Nick Fury's guy yeah yeah I, I, think, like, um, I think I think if Secret Invasion has a really big weak point with this revelation that we get in this episode about a million scrolls on earth is that i don't believe that a million people disappeared so are they oh. are they creating new just new faces off you know like mm, humans kind of look like this yeah uh like like this is something that comes up with um <clears throat> not to jump too far ahead but like episode three we do get another flashback with fury and it's with his future wife right. and she's she's taken another face yep. and there's kind of a question of like who who is this and did you kidnap some lady yeah the the <laughs> flexibility of like who you can be and yeah i just i i don't believe currently now that being said like we know a fair chunk of scrolls are in new scrollos and they're usually just being scrolls mm-hmm. yep right. as far as we know they may never have taken human faces yeah um there's chilling. And I mean, like Chernobyl. the thing is, like you don't have to kidnap someone to copy their look. No. No. It's just like how functionally are a million people hiding while having the same face as somebody? Yeah, that's a good revelation, also because you brought that up. The the you know the scene on the train that I already mentioned, which mm-hmm. I think is really mm-hmm. great. That uh, Fury says, "You're telling me there are a million scrolls on Earth right now." 
And Taylor's like, yeah, but like, why didn't you ever tell me this? And like, he's like, kind of like, I don't know what to do with this information. Right. Um, there's uh, what I really like about, I like that scene. I really want to highlight it because I think it's the best scene of the show so far. Um, probably. Uh, probably. Um, and it's the story he tells first to lead into that. Um, you know, tell me something I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that reminded me a lot of like um, Fury in the Elevator with Steve in Winter Soldier. Um, yeah. Granddad, yeah. Granddad used to carry, started clutching that uh, bag oh, a yeah. lot tighter. That that whole story um, going around the neighborhood, and I was like, this is a really good, like, consistent thing Fury does. Um, and I like the way that dovetailed into him saying, like, tell me something I don't know. Um, what are you willing to lie about? And the Million Scrolls revelation, uh, which you know he's he's correct to call fury out on for being just completely absent mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and him not sure what to do during the five-year blip when he didn't know fury would ever come back like he needed to do something for the scrolls one of the interesting things about the show is that uh, uh it's painting fury uh kind of in a bad light because it, the second that he came back and like he he kind of abandoned his wife his friends and he went to space for a good cause but because whether it's it's like the the trauma or PTSD, all of it combined, but like he's running from his problems instead of facing it. And I'm like, oh man, like, and he's it's all gonna come to a head by the end of the show. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, mm. but like, like he gets fired at one point. Like he's like, this is like this is like, I man, this is a bad week for for Nick Fury, man. I do like this kind of trajectory for Fury because it kind of makes sense if you if you kind of look at the MCU as a whole. Like he going from Captain Marvel to uh, Avengers Endgame, you know, he had S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. became HYDRA. He had the Avengers. The Avengers he kind of tried to build up to be the next S.H.I.E.L.D., but the Civil War happened and broke up the Avengers. And then Thanos happened, which erased half of the universe. And then and, and he comes back and he's like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know what? I'm just going to leave. I need to recollect my thoughts. I need to just leave. Yeah. I will say that I do think I can kind of shrug it off and it's fine. I do think some of the storytelling they want to do here is hurt by a lack of clarity about Fury's role in things post Winter Soldier up Mm -hmm. to now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like it's, I I think that there's this amount of, I'm supposed to be convinced about Fury not being a, a known face, all that kind of stuff. But but Peter's best friend knows who Fury is. And I'm like, oh, how right. how high a profile person mm. is Nick Fury in this world? And That's I feel like point. trying to like play off that he can slip back into the secret spy life. I'm like, you basically became as famous as the Avengers. That's true. Um, at guess. a certain point there, C- clearly, because at least that's what they've said in. Well, I, I will. I have to assume that that Peter just told Ned about it. I don't think he maybe he knows about he it. He knew him on site. Well, because like, well, I'm assuming like he's he's a he's a he's a he's a a black man with an eye patch. I guess. How many other I, in the world would you know? Like, I guess. I mean, I guess. Peter. Why, why, Peter hadn't met him yet. Has he? Yeah. Not? I don't remember. No, because Peter. Peter doesn't. Oh yeah, no. Peter would have met him in Endgame at the funeral. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're sure. right. Yeah. 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 Okay. I guess you. Hey, there's a big dude with a black with a. Oops. There's a big dude with an eye patch. Um, you know that shows up. That's Nick Fury. Sure. I guess. I just think like there's 
even just going back to like what were you doing because there is this like you know age of ultron time period you know he's he's helping to get the avengers going run mm-hmm. whatever's going on there and then i don't know hills certainly helping but i don't know what he's doing during civil war he's just kind of he's just kind of i'm just i'm just the guy that calls it when they need help like and i think um, they I'm shield i think they kind of kind of try they I think a part of that has to be about Saber too, like because Saber is not a new thing, right? Like it's been around for at least a, a little while. Um, whether or not this is post, whether or not it showed up post Endgame or 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 a little bit before Endgame, like that's what Fury has been working on, um, at least since he came back, and yeah. that's a government job. He's because he's fired by Rhodey, and so but but Sparks is kind of right in the sense that like because fury was absent through so many major events like civil war like Endgame, uh infinity war it it leaves this ambiguousness of what exactly his role in those moments are and that's kind of biting them in the ass in this in the show not to a massive degree that i that i am against it but it is a little bit you know well and i think like part of the part of the thing i'm rubbing up against with it is it's in this episode, but it's in episode three also. And it was in the first episode is that we have people just criticizing Nick being up in space, doing what he's doing. And the thing is, as an audience is like, I can't even uh, like have a debate about how worthwhile is what he's up there doing worth it because I don't know what Saber is. Nobody does. And it's never been said. And I think that's a problem is that we don't really like, you can say it's to monitor extraterrestrial threats but they haven't even said that they've just said that it's a thing in space like that's literally all we know um and we don't know what it's for and and i think that's increasingly a problem if you're going to keep criticizing him for being up there working on this project they say we should know what the project is uh, didn't they say one point it's to monitor scroll activity well i think the president says that it's a defense network the because doesn't he say is like we're he's up there monitoring the the greatest defense network in world history or something like that yeah something like yeah. that sure so there's that and fury could be using it to monitor squall activity like he could have his own ulterior motive which there. is what we talked about is like is that part of it is it relevant to the story because my thing is too many people and like his wife totally valid character should have this conversation with him talos totally valid character should have this conversation with him olivia coleman probably not it was a fun scene but she probably isn't the person who should be criticizing him for being in space um we don't know her and his relationship well enough that we needed that information maria hill totally should be a person who criticizes him my point being that all of those conversations happen and nick just doesn't engage with it he doesn't respond to what that is and for me, I think it's becoming an increasing, like, if you're going to keep poking at it, I need to know what it is. Mm. Sure. Um, I need to understand, is it relevant to this story? Or are we just using it as the excuse of why Fury was absent and and that that made everybody have a bad time? I can only assume that by the end of the show, Sabre will be activated to help help whatever to solve the problem of whatever will be coming up soon. I guarantee it's going to be like a MacGuffin almost I would hope so. I, I'm I'm kind of I, I'm I think I'm with you, Ryan, that, that at the end of the show we'll 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 have kind of a definitive answer of what Saber is because it has been mentioned so so frequently. There is the fear in the back of my head, and uh, albeit it's like maybe like two percent of my 
of a a fear um, that it's just set up for Captain Marvel, which is, it could be, but I don't think so. And I hope it's not, you know? He seems to be on it. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be He's working. Definitely on so it. I they think, say it's Saber. So. Yeah. So like I can. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. Oh yeah. Saber Station or whatever. So like yeah. yeah, yeah I, I yeah, think so it is in Captain Marvel, but I'm just I'm the two percent of me is like, what if they're just doing this to set up Captain Marvel no, because Saber so. Station isn't it? Speaking to another point, and I suppose the end of this show could make this valid, but Kamala Khan also knows Nick Fury on site. Hmm. <clears throat> um. I'm just saying, like, he's he's kind of a high-profile dude, it feels like, at least outside of this show in the MCU, it's felt that way. Yeah. And then in this show, it's supposed to be like, no, he's, he's I'll tell kind you of, what, he's kind he of under did the... bring up Age of Ultron. Didn't he literally just, like, show up on top of a helicarrier? So what if some guy was like, <laughs> who's that guy? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, yeah. That, like, yeah. Ooh, they sell, you kiss uh, your mother with that mouth? They sell Avengers merch. Like, they know who Groot is. So, yeah, like, yeah. I guess that's just, like, I... I kind of agree with you but like yeah i think it's it's i think it's one of those things where like the story they want to tell they're they're a little bit fighting the quote-unquote world building that they've you know, done for nick fury up to this point i i don't i don't think it's gelling with the he's left the and shadows they, too i don't much. think they yeah. did enough work to i i don't like a lot of retconning and like expositional stuff sure. but i think fury has been such a and, and maria hill frankly have been such vague presences mm-hmm. you kind of needed to do it in this show i think you needed to ground a foundation of like this is this is how the world interacts with these characters because they've been on the sidelines the whole time and we don't really know how they're engaged with so so it, it just it, it doesn't totally mesh feel like it's slotting in to the vision of them that we've had up to this point as just like how how the world relates to these characters. Nick Fury's too big. He's too big now. And they're they're trying to make it too They're small. trying to make him very small. No, and I, and like I respect it because like it's better for this story, but yes. I think we need to do some work to explain how he can get away with it. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what what's so interesting at Sparks is that this isn't I don't think this is the first time you've brought this up to us. Not not specifically not necessarily about Nick Fury, but like we've talked for a while in the post endgame world. How do normal people know the intimate details of what happened during the events of Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do they know what happened at that battle? There was nobody filming it unless they've got like incredible satellite dishes. Um, so like there's this kind of weird sense of, of the MCU post Endgame that everyone knows everything and yet doesn't know everything. And they're not really, they're not really clear on where that line is right now. Yeah. It, it, there is an amount of like, I don't want it. I don't want these projects to get too deep in the weeds, but like, mm-hmm. I need to know that like there was some press junket where what happened at the end of Endgame was explained or something, and that everyone's not just going off of Scott Lang's book. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the president. The <laughs> different, different, and diverse perspectives because, like, we know the Avengers clearly. Like, it's 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 subtextual, right? And I can just use a little more subtext for some of these things, but mm-hmm. it's subtextual when you get to the beginning of Endgame that the Avengers clearly informed the world of what happened and why it happened in Thanos because in the beginning of the five-year jump Chris is sitting in a therapy room with people and mentions Thanos by name and everybody knows what he's talking about yeah so obviously they had some kind of like we're gonna make you all aware of what happened yeah conversation that's fine but like the subtext for some other things that have come later have not been as clear Um, and certainly like subtext when it's talking about like these characters and and where they belong and what they can pass with um 
Yeah. I, I know I know how to solve this problem. What we do is we get Disney Plus to film a press junket at with Sam Jackson as Nick Fury, and he's going to tell everyone with a map, like here's what happened when and here's what's we did time it was wild. I'll tell you right now and I'll tell our audience, like by the time this is out, we'll have had a discussion about a recent Secret Invasion comic book that came out across last year into this year. And I've already read it. And I'll tell you right there that that's kind of how I wish they handled Nick Fury and Maria Hill's relationship, which is just plainly Maria Hill is kind of the spy. And Nick Fury is like the fake face now Mm. because he got so high profile. And so everybody kind of like expects a certain thing from him. Mm -hmm. And he's still able to pull one over on them. But really, Maria Hill is the one who can work in the shadows uh like as as the separate attachment of him and, it, and, me, it's, man. and it's one of those things where like i wish that was kind of the thing we were doing in the show i wish we were seeing i wish maria hill wasn't dead. you got me thinking about comic book maria hill dude. what a, what a character that oh but that's so but that's good. the thing is like i think that would have made sense in this version of the mcu like nick fury has now become like the profile liaison it's it's not that he can't get involved in these things it's that he has to work in a certain way where maria hill gets a lot of extra information he's able to slip in between the cracks of like i can get away with the public face people don't think i can still pull spy stuff yeah but i can Mm -hmm. and i wish that's what the show was doing with the dynamic obviously maria hill's dead i still think that sucks um but but i do think that would have fit better with this vision that i think we've had of him up to this point so when you're getting to episode two a lot of it works for me here because it becomes so focused on just this kind of like while we're not seeing a lot of like the public acknowledging Nick Fury and his like shortcomings, we are getting like the nations coming together and talking about him, right? Like he was on site. We all know who Nick Fury is and like Nick Fury was there for a reason. Um, and I can buy that, right? Like they can all be aware of him. There's a certain high profile ability that he had to have attained when he dealt with the world council He's, that like they're all makes sense. Yeah. Right. But then they're all scrolls. But like yeah. the, even that being said, like that conversation makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that really brings him down to, you know, like the lay low profile kind of grounding that that I want the show to do sure. with him. Yeah. Um, sure. I like the setup of it. I just uh, episode three has made me wavery on the execution. Sure. Uh, Ryan, there's a mention hey. in the train sequence of an, a scroll emperor. Is that, a, is that a name that you recognized? Well, just yeah, they've always just like just like the like the supreme intelligence or like there's always like a leader like like the the current in the MCU it's, it's Hulkling he's the emperor but like there's like a generic you know the scroll like the like the scrolls have an emperor everyone has their own it's like it's it's a generic guy I'm sure in the comics like he has a real name and shit but he's just well they said his name here yeah. I think I think Doric it's like Doric, Doric yeah, yeah yeah so like that is that will that actually oh actually. I regret everything I just said. Reverse all that. That is that is like Hulkling's like grandfather. So like he could oh, be a character in Captain Marvel potentially. Maybe who knows? Oh, so that, that's why I was curious. Was was that like setting up? Was that planting a seed for something? Because he says the scrolls who didn't stay with Emperor Doric uh, yes. came yes. came to us, and I'm, I was like, oh, so there's another <laughs> faction of scrolls out there that we haven't seen yet. Yes, I forget that Doric was the name, but yeah, that is that is tied to 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 scroll stuff. So that is like that is a a dude who exists. It's like a, it's a whole line like Doric the Seventh. There's there's a That's section cool. here I really like. I forget when specifically it came up, but I do remember it was in episode two where they talk about. I think it's when Gravik's having the meeting with everyone else, the council, um, who is scrolls around the world. Shooter McGavin. And, uh, Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin. Um, <laughs> uh, I I really like the bit where he says like uh, where they're talking and someone says that you know war war uh 
has has been the thing we're a warring race and and like our our craving for war is what made us lose our home yeah um and the one lady they, who didn't turn into a scroll right and how they fractured and split up and like everyone all the scrolls that should be on earth are the people who didn't agree with like the warring that would be i'm assuming comic level scrolls generically yeah. that had been going on for a long time is what they're aggressive on, on yeah. their home and then these ones are the ones who defected from that but now uh 30 years a later. group of them are like well i want a home so yes. war it'll be yeah. um yeah. Yeah, I, I can kind of get down with that whole idea and the way that that comes around. Speaking of, them. like, of all that, and, like, uh, our, our main villain, Gravik, uh, uh, I know we, we talked for, in the first episode, he's not really there. He's kind of behind in the shadows. And he's definitely <laughs> more in these next two episodes. And I and I, I quite like him. Uh, I like how, I like that he's a, he is a young revolutionary and he really does believe in, in, the, in, in his own truth because Nick Fury lied to him. In his eyes, for 30 years, he was promised something and it didn't, and Nick Fury disappeared on him twice. Like he did, like he did a lot of other people. And it's like, I, I feel for this young dude. Like, and I get it. Like I get like, maybe don't kill everybody, but uh, like, you know, I get it. I, I get know, it. I know you listened to the ring reverse. So you heard them talk about the actors, like perspective on his character and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and he basically in an interview flat out said that he's like, I mean, I'm not going to get into like how things with the scrolls and revolutionary can be related to like, racial politics or or any kind of real world ideologies because frankly the show doesn't have time so that i didn't bring any of that to the character yeah yeah and i think that's extremely valid because like you'll have the the showrunner out there saying like different things about what they wanted to tie in references to and he's like no i knew there wasn't time for that with the character no, yeah, so i'm yeah. not bothering with that yeah um that, in, in, in his mind that is not part of the performance yeah. um but he did say um to him uh gravik is a sociopath who's lying about the cause. Oh. Um, like he, he said that flat out, which I'm like, I'm kind of surprised you said that in an interview, but sure. Um, that, that, you know, the cause is, is valuable, but Gravik's more important thing is hurting the father figures who failed him. Sure. Um, I mean, in, I mean that, I guess it starts to be proved true in episode three. <clears throat> so like, I guess, I guess I could see that. I, I guess that kind of bums me out. I hope it's not just a deep unraveling of the character that we were presented with. Cause I'm like, Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> I uh, not not having obviously I don't listen to the Ringerverse, but um, that's an interesting insight into this character. And I mentioned that I wasn't really driving with the performance in the first episode, but in this episode, I actually quite liked him. Uh, he started to really, really like I, I felt he started to really like deliver that performance I was waiting for in this yeah. episode. Whoa. Well, I think and again, like it, it just needed to be it needed this to contextualize like his relationship with Fury. Like I don't I don't think they'll ever get into it, but I have to imagine there was um, uh, some thought in casting him for this role because he kind of looks like a young Fury. Sure. Which like leaves an implication that the form he chose was in Fury's image. Right. Like there's I an mean, idea of like an admiration yes. that would have grown over time. And a reason why this fight is so personal to him, not just against Talos, but against uh, absolutely Fury as well. And in the 97 opening, uh, <sighs> it's it's. Uh, it's Fury's wife, who I forget what the, her scroll name is, but it's Fury's Vera, wife with Vera. Vera, yeah, Something Vera like that. sounds like a yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but it's with Gravik as well, and and he does the head thing of Gravik. So like, if he has that relationship with his wife, I can only imagine that he's basically like a son. Well, well, and like, and importantly, they show Gravik resisting it <laughs> and then embracing it. Yeah, and and like he put he this does feel like I fundamentally put my faith in you. Yeah, um, and you failed. Uh, and, and I do think like 
we'll get into his wife in a, in a little bit. No, um, but like, I, I do think that's part of the character and part of why, why I think he's a better villain, right? Because it's not just like, it's not, it's not nebulous misguided belief for the cause of the scrolls. It is, I do think the scrolls deserve a home, but it's also, I personally want to hurt the people who I think let me down and abandon me. Yeah. And that is where the sociopathic tendency <clears throat> will start to come out. I think yeah, mm-hmm. more and more. Um, Yo, man. Olivia uh, Coleman is in this episode. I uh, I, eat, I love her. Olivia Coleman is in every episode and eats every time. I don't care if she actually is not really like bringing anything of value to the actual story. I'm just so happy she's here God. and is just being silly and putting eye patches on owls. Give that, me a break. That door was locked. <laughs> right. So what does that tell you about being doors? Oh my God. What a, <laughs> what a lady. Well, that's, that's, where, like, that's where like, God, the show is written well because like she's just when the when the actors who are really good are allowed to just kind of crackle, and I think the actor who's playing Gravik is good too. Mm-hmm. And so, like when they're allowed to to really just crack into what the writing is giving them, they're excellent. Yeah. Like the, they're excellent scenes. I don't know if they're coming together for a great whole, but they are excellent scenes. Yeah, that's what, that's funny. why I keep that's why I keep writing in my notes. You know, oh, this is a good scene. This is a good scene. I'm not sure how the whole is going to fit together yet, but I'm really enjoying a lot of these scenes. And Coleman has this line where, where 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 she kicks the dude over because the graphic's showing up and so she kicks the she kicks the dude over to get down into the hole and she's like, oh how very Dostoevsky just like <laughs> yes, walks yeah. through it. <laughs> she's so she's so much. I love her. Uh, um, I really, I really, I really I don't know I love her performance. It's, it's I don't know. Like, yeah, so she's good. incredible. I don't know what kind of, excuse me, kick the creators of the show are on where we have a henchman actively scratch his junk and then ask for a sausage. But, <laughs> you know, sausage. do do what you like. I guess. Uh, <laughs> like what a weird beat. I definitely took to note that graphic dead by daylight's a guy because yeah. he puts someone on a hook and I'm like, Oh yeah. This show, like it's not throughout it, but there's like one or two instances of like ultra violence uh in every episode. I'm like, all right, all right, Disney Plus. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of this kind of reminds me when we were watching Mandalorian season one and the and dude gets cut in half by the door. And we're like, oh, Disney Plus. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Disney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Rhodes is in this episode also. Again, another good scene between uh, between two good actors, right? Like oh, that yeah, scene yeah. in the in the diner, not the diner, the restaurant. When when uh, Rhodey is talking to Fury and they're just having a conversation, and again, I'm like, this is this is electrifying. I'm actually really invested in this conversation between these two guys. I don't know if they've actually ever talked on screen together. I really I don't think so. They haven't. They haven't. They have not. They've been in. They've been in one, uh, two movies technically together they're definitely which in is an like iron man movie the funeral scene of endgame yeah and they're in uh uh they're both in age of ultron at the last battle but they do not have a scene together okay, okay. i mean they're also in iron man too but fury only gets the one scene after i, the meant, I meant where they're like in proximity to yeah, each yeah, other yeah, yeah. not yeah. uh like technically he and he and Rhodey are in the same space when the fight is happening mm-hmm. for sokovia they're just not in a scene together yeah. um they're not even in the same like area in iron man 2 i love yeah. that roadie roadie's uh, uh uh he's mad because he can't, he has to clean up fury's mess and i love that uh even though he might be an alien uh th- he still is like 
men in power, especially men who are like us, we have to be, you have to be accountable for other people like uh, in power. And like, I, I you got to get fired, bro. Like you are, you are gone. You come back and you're gone again. And now it's a, you are a one man army going to stop a million scrolls on your own. No, sir. No, sir. We're not going to do that. I know scrolls. I knew scrolls. I had a top secret presentation, top secret presentation. I'm not a scroll. <laughs> 15 years ago, which brings it around. I am in, I am in one time period, I believe. 2010. Howard. No. 2010? Uh, We're in yeah, 2025, you're... so it would be about right. 2010. Damn, that's Terrence Howard. I, no, not quite. No, it, I that know. would still be Don Cheadle. No, I know. But about Iron Man 2 time. Yeah. Um, uh, I kind of don't buy that. Like, I just don't. That, that well. Not I mean, that, like that, that this is That this is the thing that makes it, me think he's a scroll. No. Um, the only thing, honestly, that makes me think he he's not a scroll is that Rhodey has been notorious for picking the wrong side in the franchise so far True. and usually going with big government over morals. So, he like, is, he is a military man. I don't know. No, it's, um, no you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Iron Man 3, uh, he's working for the government. Iron Man this. 2, Iron, Iron Man, Man 3. Yeah. <laughs> um, Civil uh, War. Civil War. He finally turns uh, around in Infinity War. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I really, I, there, there's uh, there's a couple, of, there's a good reference here to Alexander Pierce, which I really like, uh, where he's just like, you know, we have to, we have to uh, wrestle the power away from the Alexander Pierce's of the world. Yes, um, yeah. I also really like that um, Rhodey talks about Hydra. Um, you know, kind of like, oh, so this is Hydra again. And it's like, no, this is way bigger than Hydra. I don't, the show is not really selling me on that, but I do like the idea that this is, a, that this is meant to be a, a thousand times worse than what Hydra was. Yeah. Um, so I, again, just, I can pick, I can pick moments out of the conversation a lot, but I, I found that, I found that conversation really good. Yeah. I think it's all the more kind of damning for Fury, right? That, Hydra got one over on him and he had scrolls in there that's, in the mix. That's and they didn't catch on. That's what's super interesting because this it, it's really fun to recontextualize it like, oh, Nick Fury became who he was because of these scrolls. These invisible spies, even more invisible than Hydra. I wouldn't be how fun would it be if the, actually some of those Hydra agents were scrolls and we just never found out because like actually Fury sucks. I just want to be on this guy's side. Well, we that's know by we know because of Agents of Shield that there was some um uh uh programming happening not everyone who was hydra did so voluntarily uh, there are there were many who who did so forcefully so oh, sure, what yeah. if what if they accidentally <laughs> mind wiped scrolls that'd be that'd be a fun little uh little recon i'd be into that but again yeah. like in theory up to up to the point where he's blipped fury knows how many scrolls are on earth and where and then a million yeah. come and then a million are on earth and he's like what <laughs> um yeah uh that's gotta be that's gotta be and 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 two i understand what fury's saying but like you know there's not enough room for two species and i'm like there's plenty of room i know i know people got on on blip but like there's you know there's they're in chernobyl Let well but it's there. it's not so much about like physical space yeah. as it is about tolerance which is what he says no, like oh, sure. it's you know yeah, you. we we are not even tolerant of each other that's true and and i think well, get, people, get over it people have brought up a good argument of like how come the Asgardians are okay? And I'm like, and I think it's two things. It's that they look like humans. It's true. That it's three things. Sorry. It's it's that they look like humans. It's that they lo everyone loves Thor. Everyone yeah. loves. This Thor. is why the X Men are gonna be so good because mutants are hated and feared for who they are, so right. they get to just exist like the scrolls should just exist on right. Earth. Everyone loves Thor, yeah. and they're con they're confined. 
They're yeah. in one space. Mm-hmm. Um, scrolls are a million. They will not be confined and in be one tamed. space. They will be around the world. So what? And they're just uh, people who love but sugar. That's, but that's you know we're contextualizing it in a world where where they wanted to just like ours have like you know people can't get along based on sexual orientation and and gender and all yeah. these kinds of things. And uh, I just believe in Talos's vision where he's like, I just want us all to live together, mate. Yeah. Yeah, very professional. Well, because I love Mendo. Well, and again, like this is kind of what the actor who plays Gravik was getting into is like you can't really get into like the ideas of of a lot of real world politics attached to this because there isn't time. But like, what you know, like how how you choose to live in this world scrolls like the idea of race doesn't mean anything. Like yeah. gender can be more fluid to them. Yeah, like what appearances mean and and the dynamic of how that's different from humans and how they would look down and like how 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 you choose to be black in a society that dislikes you when you can choose to be white. And oh, that yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. And They'll like, never get I know that, that was something that, you know, Van, Van Lathan on Ringerverse got hung up on because he's like, I don't want them to choose it and I don't want them to not choose it. Yeah. I want it to be done to them. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, either option is kind of like, ooh. <laughs> like, um, if you really yeah. get into it. And, like, there's They'll no never time to do it, it yeah. in a way that you But that here's you the problem that you do by introducing, we're bringing a million scrolls to Earth. Are you just gonna have them all? We're just gonna teleport them all away. Maybe that's what Saber is—a giant teleporter. It's oh the Watchtower. Gosh. It's just the Watchtower. It's just the Watchtower. <laughs> the Justice League Watchtower. Yeah, you're you're you right. Know, it kind of um, looks I, like it. I did. I did want to say, like, I do think that's what the show wants to weave into because it's in the same episode where he talks about that tolerance, mm-hmm. and then he has a conversation with Rhodey where he leads the conversation and saying, like, guys like us, yeah, you know, black guys, yeah, guys who have been in our positions. Like, he's carrying what he's been through on his shoulders. And Talos doesn't get it, yeah. right? Like Talos has no reason to understand it. He's like, we should all be able to get along because even living on Earth for 30 years, he still lived on Earth for 30 years as a white guy. That's and true. a privileged one at that. Um, like extra privileged because of his access to everything he's had access to because of Fury. Child. <clears throat> um, so like he doesn't have the same basis no, of like you. where that would come from. He doesn't like, get dogs. And I think that's I think that's good that's good writing in, yeah. in what they're doing with that. But I think that that was very pointed in the roadie conversation of like fury led that angle. And then the roadie scrawl very likely scrawl is the one who really followed right up off it. of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and turned it around to, to play it back because I don't think he would have started with that because I don't think he thinks that way. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see you. I see you. Um, the episode ends and I do think fear. they're sorry. And I do think they're being smart enough to write it that way for that to be intentional. That that Fury would say that specifically. I think that the writing has shown that, like when they're really thinking about that, that and who is a scroll and who isn't, mm-hmm. they are thinking about who leads the conversation and why. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. in what way do they pick up on cues and that kind of thing? I, I don't think it's you know like everyone's point to in the third episode. We get the bit where. He tells he catches the guy and tells him like nobody calls me Nick. And if you go back to episode two, Rhodey called him Nick. Yeah, and so it's right there. And so like I think they are actively thinking about these things. Absolutely, I really love real. While we're on that conversation, his last line: "I'm Nick Fury, even when I'm out, I'm in." Oh yeah, <laughs> so good. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I I do I'd like the introduction of his wife. I think that's a love really it. good. I think that's a really good introduction. And it's fun. Like I wish sometimes again. Like I wish this, these were weekly because, like, when he walks in, does he know? Mm. Does he know that she's a scroll? 
It's 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 the Riddler does he nothing like because I'm like obviously the next episode they immediately confirm like no he knows but I'm like that's a fun little like is the that's the greatest spy in the world not know that his wife is an alien that's I never I never I never latched into that question no but I, I understand know. why people I know did. I I didn't latch into it because I clocked that it was her from the beginning in the scroll is the beginning people online didn't right yeah no <laughs> and I'm like didn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah this is weekly I like I mean I like the whole like he t- he he puts his ring on and he introduces her mm-hmm. there's there's a nice that kind of put some interesting weight to winter soldier again because when he goes to um when steve. he goes to uh steve he says my wife kicked me out oh i didn't yeah. know he had a wife like the whole right. time he did uh right. it's kind of a, a nice moment yeah yeah yeah, yeah. especially because like the intention of that is for people who would know to be bugging him so like if fury has a wife alexander pierce would know probably yeah and so that that rings as true, mm-hmm. um, which is, yeah, I agree. Very solid because like he wouldn't for the people he's afraid are listening. He wouldn't be lying about that. That would be an obvious lie. True. Mm-hmm. So they knew he had a wife. Um, yeah, I thought that was a good way to pay that off. I want to talk about Gaia in this episode. Um, Mother Gaia. I like Amelia Clark. Yeah. Um, I think this is the other thing I didn't I didn't like about the show just because of the way it was shot, um, which is her finding out about the the experiments um with the the scroll stuff where she's literally looking in the room with the scientists and the technology and she's not hiding at all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and- oh you mean the science experiments with extremists yes and groot yes and the frost beast yes and, and Cole obsidian. obsidian my favorite fantastic four members <laughs> okay so they get the obviously the stretchy powers from groot yeah yes uh extremist is healing cool and Cole, nice kind of fire yeah little bit kind of fire. Call Obsidian, I think they're going to do like a frost shield type thing, maybe. Well, Call Obsidian, I think it's going to be like the, the, thing the rock, skin. The, the thing skin. The, yeah. frost, the, okay. the frost beast is like a shield yes. kind of thing, kind of like Sue's shield. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So they, they did it. Good it's job. just funny to see the word frost beast and they're like, Susan Storm, everybody. <laughs> it's just funny because <laughs> I got Super Scrolls is like a huge comic book thing. It's just what funny. I like, what I like is that I could think through how all of them be used could well how they could have gotten all of them except for Groot. I don't know how they got anything from Groot, but I That's do like question. Call of City and lost an arm. I mean, I guess the battle, central part, the battle of Wakanda, potentially for Groot, he dissolved. He did he dissolve. Just, he blipped. He just disappeared. Damn it! <laughs> I can't think about these things too hard. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I was like, that's pretty good because a frost beast did end up on Earth at the end of Dark World yes. and Call Obsidian lost an arm in Central Park. So like, I was like, those two work. Yeah, that's solid. Extremists, I'm, like, you could just get it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, sure like, they're they 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 did Groot for a reason. They got it somewhere. I'm sure they were just like, oh, maybe he just left a branch at uh at on 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 a. Uh, the field and end game and the yeah i guess how would yeah. you differentiate a group branch from a real branch and if you plant it does he become another groot oh so many questions right, right. yeah mm. um mm. <laughs> plant it in the arm and it just grows into another group. oh my god it's like, <laughs> like the lash yeah yeah <laughs> um it's fun anyway my point uh with gaia i do think i did like in this episode kind of this was the episode where i was really interested in what we were doing with her because i didn't know what she was up to because while she's uncovering stuff and she's clearly like a little bit distrustful after she learns from her dad that got gravic is responsible for her mom dying. Um, she still screwed her dad over in the first episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like she still made that call. Yeah. And then we get her here, like I kind of digging into things and then making the choice 
to uh, blow their safe house. Um, not blow it up, but like get it, get the cops there so yeah. that they couldn't use it. And, yeah. and like, it was really subtle the way they went about giving that information to us that, that, that she did that. Is that the phone stuff? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, it's really, it's really, it's not, you're not like hand held by the hand from like, that is why the safe house is burned because they are just kind of driving by and it's like, uh, okay, just keep going. Um, and you're, you're not immediately putting the two together, mm-hmm. uh, which is good writing. Um, and I really liked her in this episode and it, it kind of jars me a little the way that it goes in the next episode. So we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah. like, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm wishing there was a more clear turn of like why she wanted to blow that safe house then. Like, what was the advantage there? What did she get so spooked from? Because again, she still went through with the bombing. Yeah. And like, maybe it's not like Gravik tricked her, right? Like he's not suspicious of her because she tried to, make it so that those didn't go off and then they still did. And he's like, boy, you, you blew that plan. Like she, she marked them and they still, they still were like thrown off by them. They didn't know where the bombs actually were and the bombs went off. I don't know. And, and so like, I just, um, is it guilt? I kind of wish we were getting a beat of like, is she, does she feel bad because all the people were, were killed? Yeah. Maybe it's like, I could do a good thing here. Well, I do wonder if the intention is that she didn't know that she, that the 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 bombing she thought that fury and and mendo would would stop the bombing and the and the fact that they weren't in the bags was a surprise to her but if that was the case because that's how to be, be perfectly honest that's how i read it but if that's the case there's nothing in the episode to say that's the case well and then you would assume that because she would have told them to get the bags right mm-hmm. that gravic would know and have caught her in that having tipped them off i mean that's just but he, the, but he was he was messy. well aware that she told them to go after the bags because she told him she said go after the bags that's why sure. they don't fall for it so like she's in on that that's part that's on her maybe she's just trying to like yeah like it's a it, it, trying to get away from it in fairness it's a little messy how yeah. that, how that whole thing is played in the episodes yeah, i do but i think that's the problem is that like i i don't have clear a clear range of clarity on like what Gaia is doing and why. Mm-hmm. Um, Can, I think she's playing, as much as I'm intrigued by her. Yeah. I don't get like she's very pro what Gravik did. She's a, she's pro enough that she supports doing the bombings, and then she changes her mind about things. Yeah, I'm not given enough information about her. She's I didn't yeah. need it in episode two, but given how episode three goes later, I'm a little like, what what shifted here? Can we? follow that thread to episode three yes i have one more note though and it's my favorite shot of episode two um it's when the guy who gets tortured uh gets killed by his brother uh he's like oh are we home he's like not yet brother and he takes him out but it's a beautiful shot of of them getting out going around the car and then it's zooming out it's still the one shot uh and you see gravic and he just turns his head as the gunshots behind him and it's just like a really good good shot i'm like damn that's some good television right there it's like that's a really like gravic's just like shit has to get done um i do i do i do just want to touch on in episode two i do think like just the whole him with the scroll council scene it's just really good. Yeah. Like it, you, you sold me enough on the idea that like, oh, okay, here's what we're we, we got going. Here's how Gravik has kind of turned them up on what we're gonna do. And I like that Gravik has, uh, uh, you know, 
with the one who says, I don't support what you're doing and I won't, I won't acknowledge, I won't yield to it. And he says, you can go in peace. Mm -hmm. If I had a hundred of you, I could have conquered the universe. Like I admire your, your staunch and backbone. I will not attack you for this. I hope he keeps his word until he doesn't. Oh, she'll, she's, I'm pretty sure she's dying in a couple of episodes. I think as long as she doesn't provoke him, right as yeah. to his knowledge then he would leave her alone that's the idea is like just just don't don't actively work against me she but did I won't call talos you. so i'm assuming that will come to bite her in the ass but all all she that warned him. but all that happened is that Tal- talos said set up the meeting that's and true. gravik accepted having that meeting that's true that's true. for parley like i don't think he holds her f- for that yeah yeah because that's no. just them discussing things in episode three as you said brandon episode three betrayed well, I specifically want to talk about Gaia in episode three because I like a lot of what we're what we're getting with Gaia. And look, if we don't want to talk about this now, we can we can no, let's talk, just do it. But let's talk about Gaia. Let's talk about fridge, talk about fridge number things. two. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to say because look, there's no world where I think she's dead, uh, like not really. But I, but we've we've kind of played this game with the MCU before where they they kill a character that you know they're not dead um and i'm and i kind of just don't get it like i don't get what that's for is it for some big reveal because it's not going to work because i know that the character's not dead is is it it, it is just fridging kind of temporarily and i just don't i don't appreciate it well it's only to be clear it's only fridging if we get like talos finding out about it and it motivating him which Up we will that- in theory i'm just saying like we're not there yet right and yeah. like it, it might not go that way i just want us to be clear about the terms like yeah. killing women on screen is not necessarily fridging yeah. inherently because pe- some people are starting to get those things mixed and i'm not saying you are brandon but definitely there are people out there i also are, said it but who like, are, i'm I, who, are, yeah. who are mixing the meanings no, and yeah. like uh but i agree with your point of what you're saying which is that well, what does this serve and like i'm like to me also is like how come she couldn't just leave yeah, like, it's how just, for it's, the story, it's she's, needless. She's burned the bridge with Gravik and she gets away because like we know that, that that like she's in more of the story. There's no point in doing this death. Let me tell you, let me tell you what why this really bugs me. Because I don't know if you guys have seen it, but you know how like sometimes Disney does like the, mi- the mid-season or whatever. Like, I saw it. It's it's a thing of, oh, I died. Oh, did I? It's Amelia Clark doing that. Like it's like a promo, like, oh, did I? Oh, or did I actually die? I'm like, she said it's she part- said that was quick. Or was it? Yeah, that yeah. And I'm just like, now you got like we 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 know you didn't die, but then you guys are playing into the marketing of them. But that's not even like now you're just like messing with us. And it's like I don't. It's not fun to me. Now I want to I want to I want to say something to what Sparks said because Sparks is absolutely correct. Just inherently killing a woman character is not fridging. Um, I I was very and and Sparks, you did acknowledge that that's not what I was doing, but I do want to just be. I just do want to kind of finish my point to say that the reason why i call it fridging is because there's no world where i don't believe that the second episode with the way mendo treats anybody talking about gaia specifically gravik in this episode um won't be motivated by that death and i don't that's not a story i want to see that's not a story i understand and it's not a story that i get going forward with it's just there's nothing inherently interesting about this yeah real so we just need to look at all the possibilities of like okay killing her does what 
are we going to get her human character? Like, is 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 she Abigail Brand? Is she another human? Is she? Are we getting Amelia Clark back as a different character? Maybe, maybe not. Did they just do this for a stupid cliffhanger and it's revealed that she has extremists like Gravik does and maybe she didn't know she had it? What value is that of just making, just killing? Because this, again, like if Maria Hill didn't die in the first episode, that's fine. But like, we just saw this happen. Like I like I don't need every every other episode to be like, ooh, did this person die? Ooh, did this person die? It's like I just don't find that satisfying. So uh, no matter what the answer is, I just don't. I thought this was a lame ending. Uh, real quick, I, I did also want to highlight that the Maria Hill's mom talking to Fury scene was sucked. Um, yes, just terrible scene. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> awful scene in episode two. Yeah, um, yeah, I forgot. I had uh, no one. I forgot. Well, because it was like it 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 highlighted right the fridging of yes. like whatever she died for you make sure it was worth it yes and i'm like oh my god what what a terrible really cementing that she oh she really did and like die. poorly cool. performed <laughs> the worst scene sam jackson's acted in in the mcu maybe <laughs> um okay anyway uh back on the guy thing there's only really one possibility i see hmm. of how this can be an interesting story beat and it's if gravik uses gaia's death to motivate Talos to believe that Fury did it. I don't think he... Um, no, I, I'm like, I don't think that... I, I want to be clear. I don't think that's where the story's going. I don't think that that's what the beat is. But from the perspective of, like, Gravik wanting to hurt the two men who he feels failed him, yes. making them divide because you have that specific line in this episode where Talos says, I'm simply not with Gravik because I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, if you can drive them apart, that at least makes this have some kind of other story point. I just don't think that's interesting or that we have the time to do it. I just, I, I see, I, I like that idea. I just think after the scene where, where he stabs him with a knife, that whole confrontation, I don't think the next direction would be, Oh, I'm going to now do a misdirect. He would just be, no, I'm, no, just, yeah, going, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to kill your daughter. No, I agree. I'm just saying like me trying to think of what possible purpose is there. Yeah. This is kind of the only one I can think of that makes any sense. And that's, it, yeah. that's like not garbage. It's, it's and like Reed Richards stretch. But I'll I'll be I'll be honest, like even that this and this is for me, even that sucks. I don't yeah. I don't buy that. I wouldn't buy that plot line if they were like I, Fury did it. I wouldn't buy that Talos would ever buy it. I'm standing by that. I agree. Like I'm merely throwing out the yeah. like what is the what is the best possible story reason to have done this? And the, the best only one is I really low. Of, the only one I like to show that all these are all like there is no good there is no good one <laughs> because because the the only thing that like the only thing that serves to drive the story that Secret Invasion is doing for which is very much a story about Fury and by extension Fury's relationship with the Skrulls via Talos is to wedge them apart yes that is how Gravit can can win and get an upper hand right he yes. has to separate the two that's true and that's the only possible you know, reason I could see to put this death on the board that would make any logical sense of the story that you're trying to tell. I don't think that's what they're doing. I don't think that's a good choice because again, there's three episodes left and I don't think you have the real estate. Uh, not at all. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't think that's where we're going, but it's me more encapsulating that this just makes no sense. All right, let's talk about, no, we talked about the wife a little bit. I just like their conversation that like I wrote, uh, I want to talk about staying her away. They left the mark. Like, like, I understand you disappearing, but you came back and you left. Again, like, I really do feel we needed Olivia Coleman not to scold Nick Fury about being in space. Oh, sure. For us to not feel like we've done this conversation mm -hmm. 
four times, which we have. Um, because I think yeah. she absolutely should say the things she's saying. They are 100% what I want her to say in this scene. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm just a little tired of every person talking to Nick Fury and just getting mad at him for being in space and abandoning them. And that just being like the conversation with different words over and over again, being hammered at Fury and no no variation or no development is coming from that conversation. He's just being told that again and again and again. It's true. Yes, I, I, I wrote a note here saying that we're just going to keep introducing characters to be disappointed that Fury left every episode. <laughs> and and I, I agree. And like, I realized from what you're saying it, that like the issue isn't that, that his wife is saying it because she should say it. She's the perfect character to say it. Talos is the perfect character to say it, but we've had it so many times now where I'm just kind of like, I get it. He left. It sucked. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like her little speech there. I, I do. I like that. She's like, um, you were gone and then you were back, but you were basically gone again. And that was right when I thought we would like rebuild stuff. And so she's like, I went from grieving to becoming who I was before you, my whole, my whole self without you. And now she's like, Oh, I'm like, and he's like, who are you? Like, I am, I am the person that I became like when you left. Right. Like I am, I am not the same person now, whether that might be true. And then there's some stuff at the end where like, I still think she might be on the side of good, even though we, Oh, me some... too. I think yeah, she, yeah. I think she still values him and she still loves him mm-hmm. because otherwise she wouldn't scold him about putting the ring on or that she kind of thing like when he dinner. comes in right but like uh what i do what i do uh think is going on to some extent um is that i do think she's a little bit in communication and in line with gravic yes because she feels responsible for him being in fury's this whole spy thing and like him them. ending up in the position that he's in true, true. and she feels a, a sense of responsibility in bringing Gravic and probably other scrolls his age. That's your mom into this situation. Yeah. Um yeah, I I, I keep forgetting that I wanted to mention uh just to quickly backtrack to the beginning of episode two, where we get that flashback sequence. I really actually like the idea of like because the the recap for that episode is just Captain Marvel, right? It's just scenes from Captain Marvel. And then we get this moment where we we're, so it's like 1995, Captain Marvel happens. In 1996, they spent a year out in space, couldn't find home, came back, and Fury says, I'll keep looking, but you guys help me now. And 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 I like that whole moment. I think it's framed really well. I think the dialogue's really good. Um, I, I kind of like the the kind of hopelessness of that the scrolls kind of feel. And they're like, Yeah, we believe in you, Fury. We're going to put all of our faith in you we put it on carol now we're going to put it all on you the interesting um, thing is carol can go to space and fly at supersonic speeds well they she can't find it. she can't find a planet in 30 years I guess, I guess she's still circling circling the galaxies looking for one i don't know i've seen a trailer for her movie she seems there's a lot of life 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 living on planets there and then i'll i'll bring that up i'll bring i'll say i'll say that to say that the once again Talos and Fury have a great scene in a car and mm-hmm. Talos says in, in this episode says something that I really like, which is like, you got to where you are because of us. Mm-hmm. And, and he's not saying it like, he's not saying it like to make Fury like 
he's not he's not putting power over fury he's asking fury to recognize that this has always been a partnership because fury doesn't it's because it starts as as fury saying fury like offhanding saying you know i've been cleaning up your shit for 30 years and he's like bro are you kidding me yeah after everything me and my people have done for you your entire species get are you joking you better you better put some respect to my name please uh and i love that scene in the bar where yeah. like t- t- or like again uh fury comes to help without without actually saying it he just does this fury thing of just showing up expecting everyone to to you know uh, uh like lap it up and he's like can you like ask can you just say please and then he and fury really does give a heartfelt you know please help me his equivalent of an apology which makes yeah. talos take it seriously yeah and talos immediately is like dude i love you let's go right hell yeah, yeah. um I, I really buy their relationship i do too i just i don't I really like the scene. I like the intent of it. I don't totally buy Fury's absolute blind spot for their contributions to where he is. Mm-hmm. It That just rings a little bit hollow to me that Fury wouldn't on any level recognize it. Sure. Um, That's true. I don't know. I just feel like Fury's a smarter guy than that. Uh, and like, I don't think it, some people have talked about this completely diminishing him as a character. And I'm like, Fury's still good at what he does. He's still smart. He's still tactical. He's still on top of a lot of things. He is not, he did not only become, he did not become director of shield solely because of the scrolls, but he definitely got helped along the chain because of them. Yes. Um, and it's, it does feel a little like, I don't know, just weird to me. It's hard for me to buy that the that the character can be the intelligent man that he is and not recognize this. Um, I guess it's it's possible. Character flaw. It could be, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, especially for someone who has such a deep respect for Talos. Clearly, yeah. based on the way he greets him when he comes back to Earth at the beginning of the show. So, like, I don't know. That, that... Maybe, I like I yeah. like the idea of the scene. I like it. Felt like a way to make the audience have to recognize it mm-hmm. more than Fury, because Fury probably shouldn't have to. Maybe it'll be probably... one of those things like at the end again, like another end of the season thing of like you know what, Talos, I you really were there my entire life, and I didn't realize that you are like basically my best friend. I love you. I think I think there's a there's a perfectly valid. I think what Sparks is saying is absolutely valid, one hundred percent. But I also think there's a perfectly valid read to that scene to say that. Fury at one point did recognize the contribution, began to take it for granted. And afterwards, after the blip, he just completely was like, you know what? I'm because we, he put so much of himself. He put so much of himself out when he left earth Mm -hmm. that he probably not necessarily forgot the contribution, but lessened it in his mind of like, I've been cleaning up everybody's mess for decades and nobody gives a shit. And like, that's kind of the weight he's carrying. And Talos is like, it's not a weight you need to carry. It's a weight that we're carrying. It's that conversation he has with Rhodey where Rhodey's like, you know, you are not, you are a one man army. And like, he does that by design. Like you, you don't have to be Nick. Like you, you could have a team. Yeah. Uh, real quick. I did want to point out that another thing, Rhodey being a scrawl, very likely, um, where he's like, should we call our friends? And and Fury's like, no, no, no. We don't want one of them getting nabbed and then being faked out with a scroll. That's just <laughs> going to make everything a hell of a lot worse. It's true. And it's like, if that was Rhodey's goal, like, ooh, yeah. sneaky. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I do like the car scene. I think it's w- really well acted more than anything else. Might. Um, yeah. Uh, I do like how Talos says, you know, 
do me just do me the favor of not rewriting history with the guy who was there for it. Yes, that that yeah. is that is a great ender for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I quite enjoy the scene. <laughs> Real quickly, the, the scene yeah. the scene ends in a very funny way where it's like, "Why did we stop? Because we're there." Oh yeah, because we're there. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're so good together. Um, I really hope one of them. Well, we know Nick doesn't die. <laughs> I'm blown. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> uh, the scene between Talos and uh, Talos, Talos. I'm never gonna get it right. Talos. Uh, they they pronounce it both ways in the show. So Leia, like, Leia. You know, potato, potato. Yeah. Um, uh, history is written in blood, like you know, these men are written in paint, and you know, you can be choked, you can be remembered in two ways, and I will choose history written in blood all day long. And I'm like, dude, you're so badass. I like you a lot. I I think you're pretty cool. Um, oh, I like my espresso with a little bit of sugar because the, the, I guess the scrolls just like have like a they just a lot I of like sugar. My sugar with a little bit of espresso. I like thank you. I like my sugar with a little bit of espresso. Thank you. Uh, I think that's gonna sugar. I think that's gonna like cue us into when someone's faking being graphic. Oh, because it's sure. happened twice. Oh yeah, twice yeah. on this show he's he's put a whole bunch of sugar in an espresso cup. I have to imagine that that fruit that uh, that guy was had had in her glove compartment was just like pure sugar, like nom, 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 yeah, yeah, from scroll right. dust. Yeah, yeah. the um, I I really like the Talos gets to kill the scroll. Um, the 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 to avert, avert the thing, kind of a nice payoff of like the first episode where where Fury does, and he's like upset about it. He's like, why didn't you? You shouldn't have let, you should have done that. It's my this is my job. I need to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, I I I appreciated that. Yeah. Um. Oh, I I felt like the actual task of this episode about like stopping the the launch on the sub felt like a little bit of the show spinning its wheels. Yes, like we're keeping Fury and Talos a little bit maybe too far away from the main heart of what's going on on the show. Uh, this is where that, the movie turning into a TV show. I felt, I felt like this definitely feels like the end of a middle episode. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm glad they're going on a mission related to it, but like I, I, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like I got enough of, of the connective tissue for how this is getting them closer to resolving the the whole situation it yeah. was just like this one situation it was just a single <clears throat> attack out of the many we've already heard about which you know and then gravik says was like a setup to expose the traitor which was gaia and i'm like yes <sighs> and and like gaia gaia blowing her cover that way really sucks too yeah yeah uh this episode does have olivia colman put an eye patch on owl which was very, very good very yeah. into it yep. yep there's a little 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 eye patch who makes that yeah, I love it. The, the 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 most happy little prop maker. Like, what do I get to make today? Thank you. Um, I like the scene between Mendo and Gravik in the museum. Um, I think that's a pretty good scene. I like Mendo yeah, specifically the, the in that scene. Blood. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to go over you. Sorry. No, it's the the, the you're absolutely right. That is is that is that line is the um, but it's also the uh the reveal that we've seen in the trailer. I think is very effective here, where everybody turns into Gravik. I think that I do kind of wish the trailer didn't overplay it, uh, but I do like it. And in context, I think it's pretty good. And then yeah. all the way through <laughs> Gaia handing Mendo the burner phone as the old man and then running their little sprint behind the truck is very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mendo. Um, yeah. Once, once I, once we start calling him Mendo, that's all. That's I'm sorry. Sorry, Ben Mendelson. He goes by it. He goes by Mendo. I'm good. I might. Uh, I I did feel a little like Talos. I I like them because they're 
good actors, but like, I don't really get what Talos got out of setting up that conversation. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I don't get it either, but that's kind of engage the room. That kind of, that kind of goes back to your point of like this. It feels like this episode was kind of spinning its wheels. Yeah. A little Um, bit. And I, I like, I didn't really like this episode a lot. Like, again, there are scenes within this episode. There's bits I like in this episode, but this one kind of, not totally, but kind of took away a lot of the goodwill that episode two gave me. Some of it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the feeling of just like like what I said like at the beginning of like if this is the trajectory of the show and it doesn't get any worse than even episode three any worse then like I'll be happy again. Like I wish this were something better like 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 a She Hulk which I really like or something like a Loki which I love. Um, but like <laughs> this isn't bad. But like it definitely, I really do feel like, man, this would have been a dope like two two hour fifteen minute movie. I bet, like like with high like like maybe have Captain Marvel in it. Like I feel I'll, like it should. I'll honestly, I'll honest. honestly push back and say like push I it. think that this should have been. You know, I think the problem with this show is that it doesn't have more runway. It's 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 the same problem. It's you need more or less. Like it's at six is is, is always the weird. But I don't think line. I don't think a two hour movie, two and a half hour movie version of this would have been satisfying for like the whole invasion. It, you would basically have to boil it down to like a gang of scrolls who are sure. who are like going rogue and talos has to get fury on board with it you can't do the whole i don't think you could successfully land the whole breadth of a of the secret invasion threat sure um in the same way uh but i also think, i mean neither did civil war but i love that movie. i mean i think i think in the well that's true um <laughs> and i think in the I, ideal way really what the show would be would be like something closer to a 10 to 12 episode length, especially like when, when you have, you want Andor. Well, when people are saying like they, they wanted this to be the Marvel Andor, like people, shareholders, right? Like a lot of them are saying like, we want this to be Marvel's Andor. And I'm like, that's not even fair. Andor didn't exist when the show was being made. They have no idea what standard they're being held up to. Sure. But you're right. Like that kind of runway of time would leave you the breadth to like dig into characters. We can have a lot of relationships with characters that we were meeting for the first time. People like Fury's wife, um, the president, Gaia, um, all of these folks, uh, Gravik, we can, Olivia Coleman's character, we can really dig in on a lot of them and have like, I, I would have a whole Gaia episode. Yeah. Just a whole episode from Gaia's perspective um, of what's going on. And it, if could be, she's, it could be before the events of this started, yeah. leading up to stuff. It could be all kinds of things, but like something to really dig into that character. Yes, that's what I want. Well, let's see where she ends up in episode four before we need maybe potentially eight episodes instead of four. Because like, if she just ends up being like, I'm just complete somebody completely new now, and it's, but I'm you know, I don't know. I'm just still like bummed out that that happened because I'm just like I'm just I, there's no satisfying thing. That I think <laughs> well, I mean like you know, I, and I'm not gonna say like this writing team would have excelled with more episodes, but yeah. just like in the in the general scope of like what what would you want a secret invasion show to have? I'd want it to have more runway to do more character oh yeah uh, structure stuff than what it has now. It feels like they wanted this to be the smallest possible show they could. In yeah. terms of both budget and the characters they can get, while going on location, well, yeah, like, yeah. And, and which I love, I yeah. love seeing throughout these episodes, like when they're on the when you can tell they're on location. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, percent. You might not be in the right location, but it's cool that you're on location. I, I really like the location shooting, but I must, I must once again reiterate the, 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 the criticism that I have had the past Secret Invasion one and Indiana Jones of the Dial of the Destiny, natural lighting for nighttime scenes. Needs to stop. We need to stop with this. I could not see Gaia leaving her on her escape on her little motorcycle before she turned on her before the headlights hit her. I'm like, come on. 
Amen. Come on, let's let's put a let's put a flood lamp here. Come on, what's wrong with the flood lamp? Yeah, yeah. I I I really like the idea of Fury's wife being present and, and involved in a character. Um, I really hope that Fury gets back in the room with her soon. I think it's I think it's a bummer to have introduced her and given them a single scene and then. Like I kind of, I kind of wish Fury was at home this whole episode mm -hmm. till the end. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, that this was just like a him and his wife kind of touching base on like what's going on, and then we're following Talos on his own thing, and like they're reunited by the end of the episode to go do more stuff. There's a fun theory that I don't, I don't buy into, but uh, that the actual secret leader is is Nick Fury's wife, and she's actually mm -hmm. the one who's running everything. And that'd be so disappointing. Yeah, yeah. that's why I don't want that. I mean, like it—it it, it just, like, it it just be lame to introduce a character now. Yeah. Say that they've had this relationship going back to 1997. That's, yes. And then be it's like the history, and, yeah. and like it's all bullshit. And I'm like, well, that doesn't even like as a reveal mean anything because I haven't known her long enough. So this is all just like yes. sad. I because like yeah, I think if she were, if she were not a, already an older scroll who were married married to Nick Fury for for almost 30 years, like I think the blip is really awful. And then him leaving, yes, like that's all bad, but that's. They had the conversation. That's not something I don't personally think that would turn you into a mass murderer and the leader of like an entire like evil rebel group. Uh, but again, like crazier things have happened. So like I just saw that one, and if enough people like it, I'm like, oh, there might be a little to it. But uh, Rhodey's on that phone for sure. That's that's Don oh, yeah. that's, that's the Rhodes. Um, that's gonna be fun. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll see how. I, that I don't goes. like. That they're kind of like that they kind of just reveal like unless it's a stupid like not reveal and I'm like oh, I don't know that, again that's just like the nature of the show it's going to be like oh is he who is he you know that that's what it is it's fine yeah but I don't think that like it, we talked about in the first episode the the disappointing thing about episode one that we realized we had to course correct like right we like Sparks was was kind of set from the get go of like. I wanted a Nick Fury story. I got a Nick Fury story. Whereas the three of us, Ryan and Ben, we were kind of like, oh, I thought this was going to be a little bit more secret invasion-y of these characters. Like, oh, who is a scroll? Who's not a scroll? What's the kind of more like, who do you trust? Because the, the whole poster is like, who do you trust? The, the whole market is like, who do you trust? Like, okay, well, if that's not the case, then I want to, then if we're not going to do that well, or if we're not going to do it at all, then okay, I'm, re I'm, I'm refocusing to a Nick Fury story. But having that roadie reveal kind of, show up like a wet blanket kind of makes me think oh you're going to do the who do you trust but you're going to do it badly and i kind of wish she wouldn't do it at all because i, I because i do think the fury story here is something that i'm yeah. invested in. i would like to see i would just like to see that yeah there's honestly a lot to be said for how successful of a reveal it was to just have the council of the scrolls who are all in clear like high forms of leadership in the world and i'm like that's effective enough Honestly, yeah. I don't need it to be these big reveals of like characters I've been attached to and related to for yes. a long time. You can just show me that the scrolls have infiltrated like high levels of government around the world, and that's threatening enough. Absolutely, I don't need a whole bunch of our our heroes and main cast to have been secretly scrolls a long time. You can have a scroll like impersonate them in like a, a passing way, like you know, uh, to throw someone off in a scene or whatever you want to do. The but Martin like, Freeman thing, yeah, yeah, or or just like uh, the. the pretending to be Talos on the phone with Fury in this yes. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, you, you can do that kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You mm -hmm. know, but like the 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 idea, like someone has been a scroll for a long period of time. I'm like, eh, yeah, let it be people we haven't seen before. Like, I don't mind that. Yeah. It works. It is, again, just the, the unfortunate nature of what they're adapting and like the, the, the 
again, the, 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 the creators weren't beholden to do the comics. So like, you know, um, I wish the show were leaning in more to the idea that the reason that it is characters like the people we are seeing in the scroll council is that they have been on the peripheral. Not a lot of people paying attention to them because they pay attention to the superhero stuff more Yeah, in world, just like we do, which is why we have not paid any attention to them either. That's a good point. Like when we, because we see these, I, this is mostly just me, me kind of um, speaking on your point of the reveal of the the scroll count, who the scroll council is. But I, I agree with you because like the, we get the news broadcasts uh, where we are introduced to three of the members of the scroll of the scroll council. And we don't know. We, these are, these are prime ministers and war councils and uh, Fox news, Tucker Carlson, McGavin. Yep. And and then it's revealed that they're scrolls and like oh that's effective I'm okay with this one because I I I like I you told you showed me them and then you told me they were scrolls and I'm like okay great I right. I, I buy this I'm into this I'm I'm happy with this we we know we know the secret invasion we are watching our main character unravel it yeah yeah, yeah. and I and I and I wish fine. that's I wish that's more of what the show. I, I felt the show wanted to do with the like some reveals of scrolls and things like that. Yeah. Because again, like I think it plays to the audience's familiarity of like, you know, all the superheroes in here, but you just like the people who live in this world have not been paying enough attention to the, di the change in mannerisms of these characters you've never paid attention to before. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're missing it. That's why you're not catching that the scrolls have infiltrated all these places. Sure, sure. Um, and I think that would be more effective, but I don't think yeah. that's where we're going. Yeah. Though again, Episode two does have that at works. I just hope that the I hope that if there is a big character reveal of being a scroll, it's Rhodey and that's the end. Yeah. Like I, yeah. if it is anybody, it's Rhodey and that's it. Very interesting for Armor Wars. If that if this means literally anything or just I, this is just a Rhodey movie. Forget I was ever a scroll for ten years. Let's not talk about it. Well, he's been a scroll for ten years. I'm just I'm just giving out a number, but like five years Ooh. also with the blip. So like, theoretically, theoretically, he's probably been a scroll after, after Endgame. No, right. sure. it has to you can't i agree with the point others have made which is like you can't Wrong. retroactively say that when 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 roadie pepper and peter were the last people that were with tony yeah. that one of them was a scroll no, like, i you just can't ruin a character beat like that retroactively yeah so it has to be post that yeah that's fine and then and then he'll come out of his pod because they're all in these pods at the end. And then uh, and then he'll be Every like, OK, well, <laughs> I'm off to do armor wars. Yeah. What happened well, for, for, for a couple of for two months? Yeah. Um, what do you yeah, mean? I, there's a new iron heart. Yeah, I would like to see. I would like I, I don't know. It depends on it depends on where the reveal goes, because. I don't think the way it's shot, the way it's done is effective. And if we get a little bit more about it, then maybe I could be okay with it. But again, we're only three episodes in. We just got this reveal. It's just my first impressions of it. But so right now, like I'm not crazy about it. It's also in a practical way. Like, why does it even matter? To be honest yeah. with you, like, what what power does Rhodey really have that's more powerful than, like, the voices that we have already seen are in that council room? I, yeah. I, to fire Nick? Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. He's a military boy. Yeah. I mean, that is a lot of power. If he, he runs like the military, that's that's all. But again, but again, Sparks is right that if he fires Nick, we've seen Rhodey take the wrong side on things before. Yeah. So that could have just been Rhodey taking the wrong side on something again. He doesn't need to be a scroll. It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah. We'll and see. and like what? I, so what this show has done so far, 
uh, which I do like, is that it'll give us a cliffhanger ending, and then the next episode it'll resolve, like it'll immediately like resolve, like or talk about the thing, right? So like I'm hoping that like this stuff with Gaia can quickly get resolved, and then uh, uh oh my god, I had a point. It is weird that we went to the beat with his wife with the gun yes. after Gaia was shot. I thought that was a weird yes. like yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. that I was like why do we yeah. end there? Yeah, like so, that scene so, should be before. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, I hope the Rory stuff gets resolved. It, I, it would be great if the last three episodes are, we know Rhodey's a scroll and so does Nick and he has to prove it and he has to go against him while he's like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just James Rhodes, baby. <laughs> suck, you suck, Nick. And it is like a war against these two men. Like, cause I just don't want them to play out and the reveal will be in the sixth episode. Like, Oh, I've been a scale of scroll the whole time. And I was like, that's less exciting than him just becoming like an antagonist for a couple episodes, I think. While still being Rhodes. I think that'd be so much more fun. Again, yeah. I don't think they're going to do that maybe, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else? Yeah, I'll share my my thoughts. I was kind of talking with Ryan about between this mm-hmm. and and you know when the second and third episodes came out. Um, this is just a grander thought. On it, it, it doesn't matter. We don't live in the world where this is happening. Um, but it it is one of those things where like being in the midst of it now, I'm really disappointed that Secret Invasion is not dovetailing directly into a movie and specifically an Avengers movie. Um, I I think that to me, it has become only more obvious as this show has been going that um, I've long said before you do Secret Wars and Kang, you needed a Age of Ultron-esque Avengers film. Well, Scrolls was it. Um, like if you'd done the work in Secret Invasion to build up to it, you have an Avengers film where, wow, some of the Avengers seem to be scrolls or might be scrolls or something's happened to them. I guess, who do we call? Kate Bishop, Shang-Chi, uh, you know, every character you've introduced through this phase of, new of Disney Plus uh, era stuff and get all those characters in and have them deal with the scroll thing. And boy, wouldn't that have been a great like, hey, here's why you watched all these things. Did that pay off for you? And like... Man, it just feels like they really missed a shot there. Yeah, I agree with that. I wonder if a lot of the reason why they did why they decided not to do kind of that interim Avengers film is because of COVID. Although now that I say that, it's probably less of an op- less of a, a problem now. But maybe when they were looking at it, they were like, "We just can't do this yet." But maybe in twenty twenty six, we'll be able to get everybody on set together to do. A good I think one. I I genuinely fear that they have the wrong headed mindset that every Avengers film needs to top the previous Avengers film now. And I'm like, that's just the wrong way to go. That's, about making that's what I movies now yeah. um, because you can't. And I do fear that's the goal is that like, we have to make the next Avengers movies just as big as infinity war and Endgame. And I'm like, no, we could go, we could go back. You know, like there should be rise and falls in like how big things are. Doesn't mean it can't be a good movie, but the stakes don't have to be that high. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that bombastic and it doesn't have to feature every freaking character in the MCU. Sure. That's the that's the kind of trap that a lot of sequels fall into. We, we always got to top the previous one. We got to keep topping. We got to keep topping. And I've always I've always even said like, not really. You can have an in between. You can go smaller. The stakes don't always have to be world ending. They can not just for the MCO, but just for in sequels in general. Like you can you can have personal stakes feel just as big. You don't have to go keep top. You don't have to keep topping uh, everything else. You know, right? Yeah, well, and I, it just I don't think like I don't want every Avengers film to 
going forward to feel like it has to have this massive roster of characters to the point where yeah. like we don't explore any of them i'm like i do want to go down to age of ultron at least in the level where like it's about those characters and, and it's out. about their dynamics with each yeah. other and how they interact as a team and how they trust each other and how they work together i want it to go back to that where it's a small enough group that you can dig into that regardless of who the group is i love I'm infinity sure. war and endgame but i do not want the next avengers movies to to just be that because that's 30 characters are like, oh, yeah, and there there is no character building. It's just it is those movies and we're going 100 miles an hour because there's 45 characters. And it's like, yeah, I like those movies, but I, I do want that that scene where they're all hanging around a table, a child of Thor's hammer. And then right. you're not going to get that. To Sparks's, to Sparks's point, what, what I think you're saying, Ryan, is that like Civil War and Infinity War don't work without Age of Ultron. What if they yeah. went from Avengers to Civil War? Yes. We, don't really buy that. That, that. That's not a trajectory that we buy. Uh, even worse, going from Avengers to Infinity War. Again, that's not a trajectory that works. Not at all. I, no. I, I will acknowledge that Age of Ultron is not a perfect film, nor like in the top 10 of the MCU for most. Sure. Um, but what I do think it did correctly is like make me feel like the Avengers were not only a team, but characters that cared about each other. Yes. And yeah. like you needed that because a lot of the other time we see them apart from each other. And... I, I think you need that again, especially with so many new players on the table. And this secret invasion set up into scrawl stuff would have been a perfect launch pad for putting that new team together. Why is that team com called together? They're called together because of the scrolls. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, and I just uh, it it does feel like this is a little bit of a of a of a whiff on how we're using the scrolls. Um, yeah, it even is. though I like a personal Fury story, I think there was a better trajectory to have built something special for bringing the world of heroes, the, the just the Earth heroes, yeah. onto the same page with each other. It's so interesting that after, I wonder if how long Secret Invasion they've actually been thinking of, like even before or after Captain Marvel, because like the idea to turn the scrolls into the good guys and then turn them into the bad guys is really interesting. And I really do like it. Because it's like we we did that to them. Nick Fury did that to them. They didn't do it on their own. They are refugees who were promised a new world. Who wanted to live differently than than the old scrolls yes. were that they abandoned and now feel like they are forced to become those scrolls. Yeah, again. forced to become the people that exactly the, the world that they left. And I, I think that is incredibly interesting. But like if this is gonna just if it's gonna end in secret invasion and we're not gonna see any more scroll stuff, I'm gonna be really bummed out because that is a 100%. lot that is a lot of building again, a million scrolls. Are you just gonna send them away and never talk about it? Like that's a huge that you're blipping, you're doing another blip where you're setting up this huge thing. Are you just gonna brush it away? I'm like, oh, come on, y'all. Yeah, I agree. Uh all right. Shall we uh call it there? Yeah, I think so. Secret, um secret. I I am fine with the fact that we didn't do this weekly i definitely wish that i could have come come in and had like the really high positivity i definitely had after episode two but episode three just while while again like having really great actors play very good good well-written dialogue against each other i'm i'm confused about the hole that it's trying to build for me um yeah. i didn't feel like this there was a big step forward from episode one to episode two on the trajectory of like telling a very personal story about fury and talos and gravik and like how those three are connected to each other that i really like as the core of this show and episode three lost some of the focus on that yeah episodes one and three not the hottest episode two good so episode four trajectory looking good star trek rules we're looking good maybe we'll see um all right so that'll that'll do it um that's secret invasion we'll come back a couple episodes i assume 
Uh, I we'll see. suspect I'd want to pull the trigger on four and five rather than try and talk about four through six in a go. Most likely, we'll yeah. see what the next episode is. It might be hot enough. We got to get together right away, baby. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, okay, so so stay tuned for that. Of course, guys, this is Fake Nerds Watch. There's other, there's, there is another Fake Nerds Watch series going on at the same time, which is the Star Trek Strange New Worlds, where I am doing with these gentlemen. Uh, the last episode had a special guest, our friend yes. Xander. Yes. Um, episode three. That's episode three, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, so that's out. That's out currently. You can check that out. Um, episode four coming soon. So stay tuned for that, guys. It's late. I'm going to be perfectly honest. It's late. So I'm just going to say, to find all the other shows that we do, check out our website at fakenerdpodcast.com. Uh, on all the social medias at fakenerdpodcast, uh, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me on CBR, writing at cbr.com, uh, topicgeekdom.com, and kaijuramamedia.com. Uh, where can we find you, Sparks? Uh, you can find me uh, encouraging you to check out our discussion of the Secret Invasion comic that we will be doing uh, with our discussion of Mission Impossible 5 and 6 uh, on the Fake Nerd Podcast channel because uh, if you want to hear more Secret Invasion com- discussion stuff, there's definitely some stuff we're going to be talking about in that comic rela- related to this show. Mm. Um, so check that out and uh, you can find me doing that at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan? You can find me still hoping that Ab- Abigail Bryan, Bry- I can't speak tonight. Abigail <laughs> Brand shows up to on Secret Invasion somewhere because I think Amelia Clark would be really good at that. Uh, at DJ Tony Snark 616. All right, guys. Like this video, subscribe to this channel, subscribe to all the podcatchers that you're listening to this to. And until next time we see us, stay fake nerds.